Paul Carenza here. Welcome to a Paul Carenza podcast. Oh, it's been a while, hasn't it? I hope you enjoyed last episode with Rachel Krieger, fantastic uh, comedian, the Britain's only orthodox female Jewish comedian. Uh, and we have another fantastic uh, Jewish uh, speaker, wise person, general, wonderful but human being for you on this episode, Rabbi Alex Goldberg. Now, he's a university chaplain. Uh, he's at the University of Surrey. He's Dean of Religious Life and Belief there. He's also a broadcaster, so you may have heard him on Paul for Thought on Radio 2 and he's very involved in faith and football and he's just an all-round wonderful human being uh, full of lots of words and wisdom uh, especially on what they've been doing at universities in the pandemic and how of course his job didn't stop he wasn't really a work from home kind of situation when you've got up to 2,000 international students still on campus who can't really go anywhere um, and uh, an interesting rather dark um, but fascinating tale of a giraffe. All will be revealed as we meet Rabbi Alex Goldberg. First of all, let me tell you elsewhere in Paul Carenza land right now, uh, Not Going Out, season 12, I want to say, uh, is on TV at the minute. Uh, if you are watching that, hope you are enjoying that. If you like a bit, that's mine. If you didn't like a bit, that's uh, some someone else's. And I'm on tour. The first broadcast is my one-man play. I prefer to call it stand-up history, and it's based on my other podcast. Yes, I know, I'm sorry, I'm podcasting around uh, the British Broadcasting Century. In the first broadcast, I play uh, two people, uh, because I'm too cheap to hire another actor. So I play Peter Eckersley and Arthur Burroughs, who are two of the very first broadcasters uh, in Britain. And uh, I had a rather unusual experience at the, at the previous show, where Peter Eckersley, whom I play, uh, his granddaughter was in the audience. She sent me a message five minutes before curtain up and said, uh, I, I understand you talk about uh, Peter Eckersley, my grandfather, in your in your show. And I thought, don't just talk about him. I'm playing him. I'm portraying your grandfather. No pressure. It went okay. It went well. I think it got away with it. Uh, in fact, she's sending her um, her sister or cousin, I think it is, and uh, her, her children or, or nieces or nephews. Or, anyway, the descendants of Peter Eckersley will keep on coming uh, to this um, performance. The first broadcast is on tour. You can go to paulcarenza.com slash tour to see where. If you'd like it near you as well, if you have a venue in mind, if you have a venue... Uh, yourself that you um, have some sort of links with. Uh, particularly, I'm looking for places in Birmingham, Newcastle, Glasgow, Cardiff. Uh, I'm just adding uh, Salford has been added and Devon I'm adding quite soon. So I'm hoping to get a fair way across the British Isles at the minute. It's been rather Midlandsy and Southie, but do head to paulcarenza.com slash door to see where that is performing. And paulcarenza.com, click on gig guide. You can also see where my stand-up shows are this year. Anyway, enough of me. You want to hear the wonderful Rabbi Alex Goldberg. Forgive the background noise. We recorded in a cafe. Think of it as atmosphere. And here he is. Delighted to welcome to the podcast Alex, uh, Rabbi Alex Goldberg, uh, chaplain of University of Surrey and many yes. other... Yes. So I'm, I'm Dean of Religious Life and lead a team of 25 from eight faith and belief backgrounds. So... Uh, so, 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 yes, whenever I talk about my job, it's like a joke, isn't it? Uh, yeah. How many walk into uh, in, in, in Mama Vicar and a rabbi yeah. walk into whatever it is. So. How many others, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought it's best you introduce yourself, because you have such a long job title and CV, it's impossible. I'm trying to shorten it now. It's very good, abbreviate, yeah. acronym yeah. and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Um, we just, I don't mind the hubbub of a cafe because the origins of this podcast used to be I used to actually even add a sound effect of a cafe to make it sound like we're at an exciting party with lots of people but here we are we, we, we are exciting people and I think people are really happy to be out and back at campus yeah. and having a coffee 
for something that hasn't really happened for two years and really it's only started again in February, January and February uh, in, in this sort of hubbub way. If I joined you, Paul, about December in this room, yeah. it would have been you, me, right. and uh, yeah. a couple of people clearing away cups. So it's, uh, it's great actually to hear the hubbub. Yeah, well, of course, yeah, because we are, you know, we're here in the cafe of Starbucks of University of Surrey, and, um, but you've been here, we were just saying off, off mic thing, but you've been here throughout this this uh, the pandemic and the lockdown and it's been but you've been here even when many have gone but people have always been here haven't they? yeah no, no, my, 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 my wife was jealous of me she's a she's, she's a lawyer and um, like everybody else uh, working was was locked down in um, the home the home office and the home working along with our son who's doing his A-levels and um, occasionally my daughter came back from university and I was allowed to go out and about um, because uh, I was seen as a key worker and uh, yeah, there, were, there were people here at the university who were international students who didn't make it back because there were deadlines of when you could go back to certain countries or people recall that some people were estranged from their families and didn't really have anywhere to go so they would all be sitting in their rooms doing online lectures um, and occasionally allowed out um, and we did extraordinary things under lockdown so Many of my Muslim friends have said that I um, I trademarked the grab and go iftar. So uh, I think that was the first festival we ran into. And actually, probably probably it was Easter and Passover. We did a lot of, but we did grab and go iftar. So we once a day, people were allowed to come and get their food at, at the end of the fast. And after three or four days, I started asking students how it was going online and like that, and they said it's great because. Whilst normally Muslim students would gather and eat together, it really just marks a moment of time when we stop fasting in the evening yeah. and we start eating. They said, well, we were marking it in a very British way. We were queuing. So that was good. So we, and we did, we did uh, Diwali in a tent, Passover in a tent and that. And we also went online, as I was saying, offline. And uh, I, I was approached by... Uh, somebody in America and stuck on this sort of 100 great religious leaders list which is completely outrageous and, uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden Facebook directors turned up and said this is how you should use Facebook and everyone uses Facebook live now and then went into Zoom and into uh, other products are available but the uh, but so, so we did and we tried it out and first of all we were allowed to on campus in a studio here and I realised so I realised it was a bit of a thing. So we're narrow casting. There are 17,000 yeah. students here. And we would get up to 3,000 viewers. Not most programs, 1,000 to 2,000. And we would, we'd have a Christian program, a Jewish program, a interfaith program, chaplains, people from our Centre for Wellbeing, things on politics, students coming on, student society. We just wanted to make people feel in touch with each other in the university. But we're in the early days. We did a studio broadcast. And I... Uh, well, the first, first time we did it, the technology didn't work. So I spoke to the camera. They set it up for me. And they said, it's, it's running. I spoke to the camera for 30 minutes. Uh, and I was talking to myself. You just don't know, do you? Yeah, no, I was talking to myself. So we, we did it again. And that got about 3,000 viewers, which is not a bad percentage of students. And then my Anglican chaplain, Duncan, wanted to join the game, so to speak. And he came into the studio. And, yeah, we get, again got at least over 2,000 viewers. And as we walk down, and we're, it's actually just, just, just by here, 
there are people waving to us out their windows. They were locked down by then. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen you on Facebook. So it's like very, very micro localized celebrity status. Um, so, but that, that was a really good, that was a really good exercise. So we got about 800,000 views over a year. And some, some exciting stuff. Uh, speaking to uh, a program called India Today, because we have a large Indian student population. And they managed to get on the on the selectors for India cricket, which I think was one of the most popular programs. Wow. And um, we had various politicians that wanted to turn up and debate with students. I think probably one of the most meaningful thing was the program we did with three African Caribbean societies that we have here. One one's Christian called the Chosen, one's woke, which is more Africa focused, and one's the African Caribbean society, which is slightly more Afro Caribbean focused, but there's a crossover. Three scientists came together during the Black Lives Matter campaign and started speaking about what it was like uh, to be on campus here, to be in Guildford, which uh, you and I both, both know very well. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and Guildford is still, although the campus is very multicultural, multi-ethnic, multi-religious, yeah. Guildford's still a little bit... Little it's bit, a bit behind on that, isn't it? Guilford Town Centre. A little bit behind the curve on that. Yeah, it must be, because, you know, you, you, it's an adapt, adaptable in all sorts of ways that you never thought you'd have to be as a chaplain or as any job, I suppose, but suddenly to have to launch online and all that sort of stuff. And then now we're sort of you know, coming through that phase of it. Is there a bit of, is there a sort of, we're looking how to, how to do a, I don't know, maybe it's more in person in, the, in a role like you have, but I guess as a society, we're looking at the, the hybrid thing, we're a bit online, a bit in person. But we learn, what lessons we, we, we learn from the hybrid thing. So one of the programmes we do at the University of Surrey, I mean, it's not funny, but it's, 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 it's a um, faith and civic, civic leadership programme. But we're doing it with the University in Barcelona, Trinity College Dublin, and the University of Zagreb. And that's a, we're able to do that because we can have people in the room uh, with a massive screen, talking to people in other rooms with massive screens uh, around Europe. And I think that's, that's a really great programme about three quarters of the way through it. Uh, and I don't think we would have been able to do it, to be honest with you, pre-COVID. We would have been reluctant. And, yeah. um, so hybrid learning is a real thing. I don't think anyone's ever going to go back to not using teleconferencing. Uh, and it's great. What we've also learned from it, I mean, I did something with a more serious note on on Holocaust Memorial Day last month, but we did it all online because it was exam week as well. But we were able to get 89-year-old Alf Dobbs screened in and interview, who's a parliamentarian, interview him about being a child refugee and talking about child refugees today. Actually, if you re-watch the video today now, because we're speaking in the midst of the Ukraine-Russia thing, I think it's more poignant today than it was when it was... Yeah, even more poignant maybe yeah, than a month sure. ago. Yes. And then we had a uh, we had ninety, I think she's ninety-eight year old. She yes. Lily Abert. And Lily's great. Lily Lily was really depressed during lockdown. She's a Holocaust survivor from Auschwitz. And she was depressed because she used to go to schools and talk about her experience. And right. She's locked down. She's yeah. 98, 96, 98, whatever it is. And 
she obviously was not allowed anywhere and her great grandson came to her and said have you heard of TikTok yeah. grandma wow so she now has 1.5 million followers on TikTok no way and she's TikToked her experience and she's just written a book forwarded by Prince Charles on that but she's like a big celeb all of a sudden but again if it wasn't for lockdown I should have been speaking to groups of 20 or 30 a day or maybe 100 max yeah. now she's speaking to, to hundreds of thousands across the world so um, yeah all power to her elbow cool it's incredible the way we are find this technology and use these yeah. new bits of media you can, you can see I use young young guests on my yeah, yeah. 89, 98 I know yeah do I know exactly yeah. but now we feel alright don't feel bad about it well you we've both done the, like the pause for thought thing the radio 2 thing yes and you know which was then in person and then is on, and now it's done is remote and then there's at some point might have to go back again uh, I've just got an email going we'll probably be back when we do this date but yeah. You might still want to see a remote. Yeah. But sometimes it depends on the wind, which way the wind was blowing uh, right. with me. So yeah, okay. uh, if yes. the broadband was a little bit down, it was... Uh, oh, yes, yes. Uh, am I allowed to say on this? But you yeah, we, 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 we re... One of them was so bad in terms of connection and it was just a broadband da- uh, was yes. down. But I re-recorded it for the... Po- uh, for oh, the really? Film. Yeah. I was tempted to do that because I had about three in a row. You know, they often get you doing the course book like three, four weeks in a row. Mm. And I had literally three in a row where I had sound problems. Yes. And on one of them, uh, a bit like you're saying, you know, you talk to a screen never know if it's going to work or not. And I did my full thing, full throttle, thinking I was being, you know, broadcast. And at the end of it, there was a pause. And then Zoe Ball said, um, we would just like to apologise for anyone who, for the uh, missing words during that. And I went, oh, was it missing? I had no idea. And I listened back to it and it had this weird thing where it would, every few seconds, it would go silent for a second and then catch me up. So no no words were lost, but suddenly it would speed up my voice so I'd be double speed for half a second. Oh, that I didn't have, no. Really weird. I don't know how it even happens. That's just some sort of weird... So So I had, yes, I had short... It'd be like the old shortwave radio uh, yeah. thing. Right? Oh, I know, yeah. Exactly. Well, Going in and out of focus. It happened once, yeah. uh, maybe twice. And... I like to think that we are quite forgiving of such things. Um, you know, now we are, you can turn on BBC News and see people on Zoom, you know, contributing. We are forgiving, I hope, of these things. It is forgiving, and, but the technology's got better. I mean, the BB, yeah. good old Auntie has its own uh, yes. web platform. That's true, that's helpful. And, and uh, I, I ended up on, what is it, the Sunday programme as well. Um, oh. right, uh, I chair the FA's Faith and Football Group. Is, oh, yeah. I'll come back and talk yeah, about yeah, that yeah, yeah. But they wanted me to go and talk about football yeah. and, uh, and God. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I said, they said, what's the best way to get you? I said, well, surely you have that magic website. And they go, well, how do how do you know about oh, that? It's our secret, so, yes. our in-house secret. I think they only give it out to Secretary of State and right, Prime Minister yes. on state. Yes. But uh, they, they, they got me a license to Radio 4 and they go, you're allowed to go on on that. But it was, it's a very good platform, actually. Yeah, it's around. not bad, is it? It's not bad. I think they'll do more of that stuff. And I didn't, I didn't know what a roadie mic was before yeah. lockdown or a, or a Blue Yeti or a... No. Well, do you know that the road mic, that was my very first thing, as, they, as, as Boris locked us all down, the, and all my work vanished overnight, and I thought, huh, okay, uh, we didn't know there'd be grants coming in and out sort of stuff, but I instantly thought, there's that road mic on Amazon, and it's, uh, I think it was £70 when I got it, and I checked like two weeks later, it was £400, it was like suddenly supply and demand, yeah. so it's literally the only thing I bought that week, apart from a giant bag of pasta and loo rolls, was... Um, Everyone else is going for the loo roll. I'm going for the microphone. So my my microphone went through, uh, came here, it went to my home. I've moved homes during lockdown. Uh, So it was a bit battered. And I did a podcast with a well-known philanthropic organisation 
They go, how's your mic? And when, when it's, it's been through the wars, <laughs> yeah, they, they said, okay, and I, it got delivered express with the three hours. I got oh, a new really? Blue Yeti, yeah. Oh, so. I, I need to get on a podcast like that, where yeah. they'll send you kit. It was a little bit crazy that they did that. But yeah, it, was, yeah. it was very nice. So, yeah. so I think I think that I, I, I think lockdown was good. I mean, one of my lockdowns. Well, I was talking about Facebook Live. Yeah, I, I made I made a mistake for your love list. Um, do you remember when we used to have to think about what to do with our hair? Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Facebook Live, I'm obviously on the screen. Yeah. We in the Jewish religion, we tend not to cut our hair uh, from Passover for 33 days for various reasons of semi mourning. We're Jewish, we do semi morning a lot. That's great. Uh, yeah, yeah, national yeah. something happened right. semi morning, you know. Yeah, yeah, two thousand half, half We're always upset about things that happened about okay. two thousand years ago. So um, it's like an it's two hours ago from Passover, I had two things to do. One was make a video for Surrey County Council to tell them everything's going to be alright and yes. we've sorted out the burial scheme. Right. And the other thing was to um, make a video for Surrey County Council. Oh, sorry, let's do that. And the other, the other thing was to care cut. And I didn't have time, so I, I looked for my clippers because that was yeah. the easy thing. And I couldn't find them. So all I could find was some beer clippers. And I wasn't really thinking this was in a rush. So I thought, well, it was zero to ten I'll go for three and so I, I basically had a crew cut um, and, and I think I think after Passover like three days later went on on yeah. camera with my Anglican chaplain and a big sort of rabbinic hat and eventually I took the hat off because it was so silly but yeah it was for a few weeks the, the video is and it's still there yeah you've got the Bishop of Dorking the Imam of Woking right and then me and I look like I look like a heavy from the uh, from a nightclub with a with a there's a, sit, there's a sitcom in this I'm sure of it there is yeah the saddest and yet well a sad moment but quite if you think about it quite funny moment was uh, we were three those three people were asked to support sorry county council in some of the ethics and morality around COVID and one of these things they phoned me up about was what to do in terms of um Mortuary. Uh, sadly, we have we had victims in Surrey who died, and they wanted to have a separate mortuary. And the Royal Surrey County Hospital is right next to the university, and we have a vet school. So we have a vet's mortuary, a very big state-of-the-art right. mortuary for animals. So I get a phone call from the uh, from Surrey County Council, the head of emergency contingencies, police, ambulance, hospital, saying. Do you have any ethical problems using a vet's mortuary or animal mortuary for right. human remains? And I, I stopped and paused and went, thinking this would not be a problem. To, I said, well, it's always, of course, I was kind of half joking, you've removed the giraffes. Um, because we have, a, we, have a, we have a relationship with Marwell Zoo, so the, oh, okay. the good, good old... You know, it's, yeah. once, once the giraffes are no longer in this world, they get given to our students uh, right. to, to, you know, to learn about giraffe medicine. Is that right? That's true. I'm right? thinking of vet stuff being like rabbits and dogs. Well, they do, they, do, they do that, but they, the Marwell thing's great because they can have a... If you go up to, in the, uh, one of the buildings, you'll see... You'll see the skeletons of, uh, oh, really? of an ostrich and I think a rhino. Uh, they died of natural causes, but their bodies are handed to the students. So they must have a very big freezer for a giraffe. Well, this is a, it's a huge freezer. Wow. And I was phoned up, but I, I, thought, I thought that was it. And three weeks later, somebody from our estates department, they run the buildings and maintenance and grounds here, phones me up and goes, Rabbi, Rabbi, I just want to phone you. And the goes, and so it's not sorry, Kansas, go, Rabbi, I'm reporting back. 
we have removed oh, all the giraffes. The giraffes. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, wonderful. I, I'd taken it there was a given. But it's a, the yeah, lockdown was, was, it was a very strange time for members of the clergy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. People still needed to do birthing ceremonies. Yeah. Uh, when, when, when you got three weeks out of lockdown, people... Mm would hurry up their weddings uh, yes of course yeah I prepared weddings I prepared somebody somebody met somebody at the beginning of lockdown mm. they were once to get married uh, the Jewish tradition they need I don't know I think they do a lot of traditions uh, they need to pick a rabbi to give them uh, a course in oh yeah, yeah the marriage course huh? so I ended up doing that and they ended up getting married well they both one of them lived in Austria mm. so they, got, they ended up marrying in uh, a place called Judenplatz which means Jewish square in uh, in Vienna, and they think it's the first outdoor wedding there in 600 years. So wow, yes, they weren't even sure about it when they did it. And one of the policemen came up to them. They thought, oh, that's the end of it. Wow. And the policeman goes, "Is this a wedding during COVID?" He goes, "Yes." In, 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 uh, and he goes, and it's a Jewish wedding in Judenplatz. He goes, yes. Can I watch? Yeah, <laughs> so they thought, they thought, well, that's probably permission, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I wanted, uh, I was after an insight into the, the life, the un, un, unimaginable life of a chaplain. I never thought, you know, <laughs> giraffes in freezers. Giraffes in freezers, yes. And, you know, police, the most unusual weddings that police haven't seen before. And all the, all the things. You know, I suppose it's a, it's a constant surprise. And you've been here for some time, haven't you, doing this job? I, I, I have. Well, I've done this job for three years, and I, I, I had a job before before that, but I was always a part-time uh, Jewish chaplain. Well, I have always, since 2003. And, and I, my seat chaplain, Bahadur, tells me, he, he once said, oh, never mind about 2003, and we got the Catholic chaplain slightly a year before that. He goes, I came here as, uh, as part of the IT department in 1979. Wow. So I beat you all. I didn't know there was IT in 1979. Well, uh, well I, I know there was. I'll tell you how I know it was. Because I turned around to him and said, well, actually, Bahadur, my mum did her master's, because I said in Guildford, um, in 1979. And I was a little boy going around this place on a BMX. So oh, there you are. Tied, tied. <laughs> so, it a draw. Tied. Right, yeah. So the, the, uh, yeah, the IT in those days is these huge, huge computers. They take up a room and they print off, I mean, what, what, you, can base, what you can basically do on a calculator. I mean, that was computing in the 70s. Um, we'll, we'll wrap up then. Um, but two questions. Then. Yes. One is, uh, what's ahead for you? Can you predict it? Or are you now just thinking life is unpredictable and we'll just embrace whatever happens? Life is totally unpredictable. Um, I think I'm allowed to say this on your podcast. Um, the United Nations have asked me and the University of Surrey to uh, pilot a, a United Nations Faith and Rights course. Okay. Um, that was a little bit unpredictable. Um, yep, yep. They, that happened in the last few months uh, by accident. And uh, I, we, we actually look, I think like everybody else in, in the sector that we're in, we are reassessing what to do. We, it's very strange. People are coming back into rooms uh, whilst we, we we had these huge, massive tents to pray in, and we had the biggest COVID-friendly space in the south of England at one point. So we're now shrinking people back into normal spaces as social distancing sort of gets a little easier. So we actually are, we're hanging our way down in two weeks' time, and I hope, hopefully, 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I like things in person. I like yes. to meet people in person. Nice and uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think this, as you said, this online thing will ever end. And I think it's learning from learning from what we did then, learning the possibilities of what we did then. And also realising that chaplaincy is great in a crisis. We're brilliant. That's why we're there some of the time. Um, Everyday crisis, it might be a bereavement, it might be your exam's going wrong, it might be trouble with your tutor, whatever it is. That's the everyday crisis, but this is a major crisis for everybody. People are knocked down. We met students who were solo locked down for 100 days. A solitary confinement, basically. So we're going to have to get used to being in a normal situation again. A bit of recovery, isn't it? A bit of recovery, yeah. And my second question then is when BBC Radio 2 say um, you can come back to the studio if you want or you can stay at home, what are you going to do? Because I'm on the fence. I mean, I want to go back and I like being face to face, but London's a long way. (laughs) So when when I used to do face to face, before COVID, I was living... 30 minutes from uh, Wogan Towers, as I call it. Oh, yeah. Wogan House, yeah, yeah. Uh, where Radio 2's... So, uh, I, I don't know, how far are we, how, how far are we, Paul? I don't know, about hour and a half. I mean, door-to-door, hour and a half, maybe? Yeah. Well, so when I, when I do the early slots, so hopefully it won't be an hour and a half, otherwise you otherwise, otherwise be getting up at like three... Hour, three. call it an hour. So I think I think I want to go back and. Uh, it's nice to see people. Also, it's nice to have an engineer there who can help make sure they get it. If it goes wrong, it's their fault, not our fault. I like. Look, I, I do the Vanessa show. I like chatting to Vanessa in the morning. And when I'm coming out, uh, mm. usually the wonderful Zoe is coming through the lift yeah. door, yeah. and we share a water cooler moment. Or, a, nice. or a, I don't know, she does lattes at that time. I can't remember. Oh, I do. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, yeah. I'm, I'm just pressing the coffee machine. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the last thing I had on my social media came up from Facebook. Uh, I said Facebook. Uh, uh, it's, it's a photograph the week before lockdown. It's a Radio 2 coffee machine breaking down. It used to break down a lot. And I took a photograph because I was, I was a little bit sort of, I needed caffeine at that time of day. And I look back at this photograph and go, wow, pre-COVID first world problems, you know. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> as, I, as I moan about some coffee machine not working. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see what's up ahead. Uh, thank you for joining us. Well, and thank I'm you gonna, for having me. I'm going to go off now and find a giraffe in a freezer. Like oh, there you go. <laughs> so that was Rabbi Alex Goldberg. Thank you, Alex. Wonderful as ever to chat. Uh, he is the Dean of Religious Life and Belief at the University of Surrey. He's in charge of the chaplaincy there. And uh, yeah, all power to you, Alex, and all you are doing to support those people there, not just of the Jewish faith, but of of, of many, all faiths and none, and nuns, probably. I don't know how many nuns there are at the University of Surrey, but I'm sure in some way Alex is there supporting them as well and generally doing marvellous things. And uh, yeah, having to think outside the box a little in this crazy time that we find ourselves in. In fact, I I did a a performance last night. I say performance. I was hosting an event, uh, one of those very fancy pants corporate awards dues, um, for the University Directors of Estates uh, Association. In fact, it's called the Association of University Directors of, of Estates, um, ORD, they're called. One of those sort of niche parts of an industry that no one really um, thinks about and you take for granted. But they hand out awards for the different university directors of estates. And I mentioned in, the, uh, in my uh, pre-awards ramble that there was this tale of the, of the giraffe that had to be moved from the vet school freezer. And I said, I won't specify which university, but uh, sure enough, the University of Surrey uh, directors of estates or the guy who used to be uh, running it over the last six months uh, came up to me afterwards and say, do say hello to Rabbi Alex for me. And by the way, he said it wasn't just a giraffe. It was a zebra as well. 
And I don't say it flippantly. I mean, God bless all those giraffes and zebras that A, have to be moved so that we can be prepared for situations like we found ourselves in. But also, yeah, I mean, these vets, uh, the veterinary students, they've got to learn, haven't they? You know, the giraffes and the zebras. So um, well done to you if you are a, a veterinary student, a director of a state, or a chaplain of a university. Um, at these crazy times, by which I mean all human life. I mean, it's all crazy, isn't it? It feels crazy right now, but let's be honest. It's always been crazy in different flavours. We need the support of those people. So vets, directors of estates, chaplains, this one's for you. I've rambled on long enough. Next time, James Carey will be our guest here on the podcast. A Paul Carenza podcast continues. Do subscribe, share if you like it, and do find me at paulcarenza.com is my website, full of the gigs and what I'm generally up to. Find me on Twitter and on Facebook, at Paul Carenza, generally speaking. Instagram as well. I'm not TikToking yet. I haven't quite crossed that bridge uh, just yet. And my new novel... Uh, is up for pre-order very soon. It's not out uh, just yet, but it'll be called Auntie and Uncles. Once again, it's on the origin story of the BBC. That's my thing right now. That's my jam for the next couple of years until we move on to something else. I think the Spanish Armada. That might be the next thing. Anyway, but for now, uh, the British Broadcasting Century is the other podcast. The first broadcast is the play Auntie and Uncles will be the novel, available for pre-order soon. So uh, get your copy wherever you get books. That would be the plan. I'm self-publishing though, so to be honest, when I say all good bookshops, I don't know if I can get my book into all good bookshops. This one's just me doing all the legwork, so it might be uh, online only for now. But we'll we'll work on it. We'll see what we can do. Uh, this has been Paul Carenza. You have been you, and God bless you. Whichever flavour of God is yours, well done you. Keep listening. Take care. Stay safe. Be marvellous. Live. So the coffee's just kicked in. I may never stop. Keep going. Be wise.